got the boys together. Jonas. To do what? Spank the bastards. Warning. Hang with the boys contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended or you're a superhero, do not continue to listen. Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Hang with the Boys, where we're discussing season three, episode eight, the season three finale, The Instant White Hot Wild, which is a weird title for some reason to me. It sounds very inappropriate. I am your host, joined, uh, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me today is Ryan Denton. Hey, guys. And Michael Flores. Holler. And we are getting into the very end of a much-anticipated, much-over-too-quickly <laughs> season three with some highs, some lows, some question marks, and a very polarizing opinion, it seems. You know Although I, I would say probably 70% lean one way from what I've seen and 30% lean the other way. You know what I'm excited for? Hmm. I'm excited. I lean 75% of the time to the left. Wait, are we talking about the show or uh, are we? Well, (laughs) so it's funny that the thing I'm excited for is actually about you, Mike, because you're actually going to be honest this, this review here. Oh, yes, we're we're waiting for it because you wouldn't have done it. What a fucking asshole. I approve of this message. I hate you guys. I hate you guys so much. Let me preface. Let me preface. Obviously, Mike is always Why are you pulling because, because, me out of the bus. Be, I'm not because you, I want I, I, I love it when you get fired up and it makes me laugh. So, uh, Mike really likes yes. to do this thing, guys. I'm just going to say it on air. It's fine. Mike likes to do this thing where he tones down his actual initial reaction for the radio. I get the poison out during, he, he during, does, he gets the poison uh, yeah. out. He, he, let, he lets, but out. does it ever feel as good the second time? No, no. exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> I made him. I am doing this to make him. Once you're stretched out, you're already stretched out. I want it's also true the truthful fire vinegar piss and vinegar response. It can't always be me. Yeah. Damn it! Yeah, Thomas can't be the <laughs> okay. angry one all the time. So I don't want to derail the entire conversation, but I'll okay. I'll give people a little bit of a preview because there are a lot of good things to discuss. But ultimately, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. this is Kripke's this season is Kripke's worst work. And I'm throwing in the first five seasons of Supernatural, which were near perfect. Yes. I'm throwing in Revolution and I'm throwing in Timeless. That is a statement. Whether Timeless or Revolution were not, it doesn't matter if, whether or not yeah, exactly. they, your, they were your cup of tea. Right. right. They were still written well. Right. There weren't illogical inconsistencies. There weren't character contradictions. Right. Season three was filled with paradoxical elements. I was so fucking angry by the end of this episode. <laughs> I do not think it's Kripke's best work. It's I'm probably no. his worst work. How good does that feel? Okay. Pretty good. You're with friends. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, it's like I said, very polarizing for a lot of people. I, I, Most it, people agree with Mike from what I've seen. Cause I do, I try to keep my thoughts written down or, or, organized before I look at anybody else's opinions. So I was a little surprised by how many people didn't like this one. Cause I thought, and I think that's more of like a rock beneath the grand Canyon. I've just been worn down to this point where if it doesn't suck hot garbage, I'm impressed. Let me say one more thing. But that doesn't mean, and this is why, this is why I'm conflicted. The writing defies the principles of writing because the narrative is circular. Nothing mm-hmm. really happens. Yeah. The but, holding pattern. But there is really great character moments. And if we didn't have those moments, this season would have been sheer dumpster fire. When you have emotional elements being led by actors like Anthony Starr yeah. and Kyle Urban or Carl Urban, and of course, Jensen Ackles, if it wasn't for the three of them, this season would be garbage. And, and that's, I, I knew that's where you were going to go. And I think that's where I'm at with it. And I think and I'll, I'll elaborate more as we get on in the show, but I feel like if those three were not in the show, this would have, it would have been really bad. And, and, and when I say bad, it's still technically better than Thor love and thunder. <laughs> that moment, <laughs> Jesus, a little spoiler alert yeah. there. That moment where Soldier Boy confronts Homelander. Yeah. And you see the pain in in Soldier Boy's face yes. when he knows what he's gonna do already. Yeah. And he doesn't like the idea. 
And then you connect that to the idea that's been going on since the first season about uh, about parenting, essentially, and bad parents and becoming your father. And then connecting that to Soldier Boy's character where he tells Homelander essentially exactly what his father told him. You're a disappointment. And then you see Homelander's face, a yeah. guy who you're supposed to hate, and you're like, oh, my God, He's I feel very so sorry this for episode, this guy. Dude. You can't hate on that. Yeah. And that's why I'm so conflicted, because there are some amazing moments. But, but, but overall, the season is, yeah. is just fucking chaotic. And I think it's funny, too, because I think we all knew when Jensen got cast, this is the kind of shit we were going to get from Jensen. And yeah. I think it's it's shit in a good way you mean yeah yeah yes yeah, no, yeah. I, not, I don't mean that in a bad way because he's I, in my opinion he was the best part he's of the best season. part of the whole season yeah and and we're not saying that because we have a love fest for jensen he actually was oh fucking, everyone has loved well him, yes but i'm dude. just saying he's just he's fucking great he's had and great I, moments and i think it, it's so hard i think for us i can i think i can speak for all three of us when i say this it is hard for us to say shit like this because we do love kripke and we do love what he does so much mm-hmm. that we almost and i don't want to use I don't want to say this too much, but we look through rose-colored glasses sometimes with him. Yeah, tinted by nostalgia. Tinted by nostalgia, tinted by how amazing he is. And I think we wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we came in here and didn't say 100% what we feel. And that's why I I threw you under the bus. I I, I had to because, one, I love it when you go on rants because I think it's fucking hilarious and it makes me laugh. But, two... I want people to tune into the show and listen to us and and, and understand who we, who we are. And I think if we would have kind of rose colored it it wouldn't have been well you open up the floodgates ryan so hmm? another thing that i that i had a problem with yes was that you're supposed to and maybe you're not supposed to but soldier boy is technically the guy the villain of the season technically technically speaking technically. by by this episode yeah okay but the thing is is that honestly by the end of the episode he's probably the most righteous of right. the characters. Right. He has an honor system. Yep. He has a code. His beliefs. He sticks to his word. He, no one else does. No. Not one single character has. They flip flop all over the place. He is consistent and he doesn't want to kill Homelander because he's a murderer. It's clear that he's not a murderer. No. Why does he want to kill him? Because he knows what he is. He's yeah. a psychopath. And he, he made a deal. Is, he is him. He's a psychopath and, and he made a deal and with he honors his, And he honors his deal. And the thing that's a, the, the, the kicker of the what the fuckery in this episode is that everyone was originally there to stop Homelander from the yeah. first two seasons. And why are we flip-flopping? And yet we've decided now that Soldier Boy's the greater threat. The guy who takes 45 seconds to, to ramp up a cannon. And the guy who doesn't really want to kill anyone. He just wants to be free from his prison yeah. and live his life. And, and, and he's the bad guy. And, and he's the one you guys all stop. Do you guys remember like, that episode? Because I just recently watched it, a Clone Wars, where the the giant creature was found when they exploded up like a bunch of rocks, and then they uh, take it to Coruscant, and then it's trying to free itself because it's controlled and it knows that Palpatine's the villain, yep. and it causes all ton, tons of damage, mm-hmm. and so they kill it. Yeah, right. that's, yeah. This, that's the Harambe yeah. logic. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> we're the monsters, but we got to stop this monster. They should have shot the kid. Like, well, especially at the end when you see what he's basically enjoying killing. You oh, no, see I, that smile? He's I, talking. Oh, 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 oh you're yeah. about the Harambe kid? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Jesus. What? I, I like Anakin Skywalker. Uh, whatever. Okay. But, but that's the same logic of we were all here. Kill younglings is your thing? Yeah, whatever, dude. They we shouldn't were, have been standing there. Homelander's been villain number one forever. Yeah. Soldier Boy at least is a, you can track what he's going to do level of logic he's obviously not the greater threat he isn't he's oh. not as strong well and the, he's not what kills me the greater and threat he's not, sociopath. he's not a psychopath yeah the greater threat is homelander having ryan and raising ryan to be just like oh him. he's so gonna now be worse as a, idiots i think the worst thing homelander can do besides any kind of actual damage is be apparent to ryan who's going to be yeah. stronger than him what yeah. did what did what did soldier boy say before he revealed that he was going to kill homelander he said, maybe if I was around, look at everything yeah. I missed. Maybe if I was around, I you would have raised you, you would have been better. Yeah. To me, that is the most honorable statement anyone has said in all three seasons yeah. of The Boys. And he's mm-hmm. depicted as, as the bad guy. I, it's it's strange. I, it just, it, it, it begs a lot of questions as to what the fuck is going on with the whole season. Because the other thing too, is that why call Homelander and give him the heads up to any of this yeah. stuff? If you're just going to still kill the guy, one of the what things, does it matter ultimately then? Yeah. One, one of the things that I, I had a problem with this entire season, and we talked about this multiple times during the episodes, 
we are at this point in the show where people are so attached to characters mm. that the writers and don't want to kill off characters because of, I think, backlash. I think it's at the point where, in my, my opinion, and we talked about this last mm-hmm. episode, we wanted people to die. Who died? Black Noir. That was it. And, well, and, so I do have a kind of a rebuttal to because to some of that, but I get what you're. But my point saying. is, they, they kill the character who finally got who interesting, has the least uh, relevance, impact, entangled narrative. Yeah, like the yeah. deep and A train are so entangled in yeah. the show that they needed to be cleared. Black Noir has been a bit on the the back burner he's, he's for been almost three seasons, and if you were going to finally give his story due than it should have been this season. Instead, he was on the back burner again until they needed him for exposition and through that dies. weird cartoon scene to only die an episode later, which goes against, and this is why I'm disappointed in Kripke. Yeah. We have analyzed and studied Kripke because we do believe as a group that he's one of the greatest showrunners. And because of that, we follow a lot of his behind the scenes videos and when he discusses interviews. writings and interviews and he has gone on to discuss something called the narrative plan where you, if you're going to introduce an idea, it has to be introduced very early on, either in prior seasons or if you want to get to something by the end of the, the actual season you're working within, you need to introduce it very early. Like, noir stuff should have been in season one. It should have been in season one. And let's say they weren't quite sure what they were going to do with them. Okay, well, then that whole moment with Black Noir should have been introduced in the first episode. Right. So that we had an entire we knew season what was going on. to yep. flesh out that. Instead, they only do it when they need to because that's all it is is a plot device to move a plot forward that actually doesn't go forward. It goes it circular. It, it's, it's so, what, what is it mind-boggling to me is that's so asshat backwards from how Kripke does things. It is. It yeah. leads me to believe that he had nothing to do with and that, it. Uh, that's something, dude. I'm honestly I mean, questioning that's an at interesting this point. point. I'm truly wondering how much was he in charge this season? Did how much write? was he show running? Eric Kripke wrote two episodes of season one. One episode of season two and zero episodes of this season. He didn't write, direct, and the show arching story is kind of a fucking mess. I'm telling Which you, man, was, I don't if think I didn't was know, as we think, if dude. I didn't know he was attached to the project, I would never have guessed he was part of this season because I would have said there's a big shift in quality control between two and three. It doesn't feel like it's it's controlled by him in any respect. I don't feel his leadership. No, we, we have three TV shows. And five seasons of Supernatural to base what we know of what he's capable of doing. And this doesn't feel and like this it. doesn't feel like anything he's done before. No, and with the amount up- of gratuitous gore that we and complained about for zero narrative purpose, yeah. this does feel more like someone else who's more of a yes man for certain producers that we've named made some decisions Do we while know he Kri- maybe worked on something else. Is Kripke working on something else currently that maybe he was a little more possibly they've been talking about ha- the boys. Off. They've been talking about the boys spinoffs and this whole world building shit storm. I did see something pop up on my feed. I didn't have a chance to read it, but they were comparing him. I guess his future within Amazon He's taking on a Kevin Fahey role for the boys. And that's an overarching producer who makes some project yes, no decisions, not a writer. Yeah. So if he's already working, maybe on the, he's got one foot out. Okay. Right here. Because we have a prequel in the world. Untitled prequel, a spinoff. Untitled boys spinoff filming right now that he's a part of. As you, dude. He a wasn't producer. As on this he season. was involved with boys. Diabolical. The boys Vought VNN. The miniseries, like he's been doing a whole bunch of other I think stuff. That's what it is, man. And it would make, and this is not to like excuse, oh, he's our best, but he couldn't have done any wrong kind of thing. Cause there's a very good chance he was still showrunner of this. And if that's the case, it just, it just begs we're, the question. We're what not happened. Kripke apologists by any means. Right. But the, maybe, cause it just, it doesn't feel like him in any respect. Not at all. It, it really doesn't. Especially cause the, with the whole black noir thing, let's take that down a, I want to take that down a rabbit hole for just a minute. Black Noir is the only character that Homelander says he's always been able to depend on. He always believes in. Right. He's been his like best friend. And with the hug scene and the hearts, clearly Noir cares for him. If 
if I would have convinced, been convinced this was Kripke if Noir had been this silent but somehow knowing father figure to Homelander from the season one. Or an older and, brother. And, or older brother. A mentor figure who Homelander at the very end has to choose between the person who's always been there for him and always been the, the only one who never. his real father. Who never betrayed him. Yep. Who always stood by his side or his real father. That is a supernatural level Season yeah. one through five decision, and then Homelander choosing to kill him would have been heartbreaking and tragic and a mistake. But we would have seen the logic to it. Them doing this weird decision in one episode. They decide this season to make it out to be that him and Black Noir had this deep relationship and that this betrayal really weird. cut him. And I just didn't buy That's it because when speed. did we see this? He, did he rely on him to do things behind the scenes? Yeah, yeah. but he, was, there was but no he just came there. off as yeah. like a soldier. Like, yeah. hey, you do this for me and that's it. We never got the there idea no- that there was some deep relationship there. And now we're supposed to believe that. It, it just feels very inconsistent Rush. with everything. It goes right back to what we said about MM yeah. and how they really yeah. played up this OCD this season, which is fine. But that was introduced in the middle of... Of season last two, season. not season one. Yeah. So, and it, even Soldier Boy's decision, while he mm-hmm. it is like consistent with what he's shown in season three to kill Homelander, wouldn't it have been more of a fucking hell moment had the two of them worked together? And then, like, this feels like a mid-season premiere or mid-season finale. Homelander and Soldier Boy team up because they realize they're related and go off on their own. The boys are without their weapon, feel down and out for the count. And then over a couple of episodes or half a season, Soldier Boy and Homelander have a falling out and they realize they're just like, you know, Soldier Boy is just like his dad and would have had this disappointment moment as he got to know Homelander more. Instead, he just says this one bit out of no real evidence other than seeing billboards of this guy. Yeah, you don't see any. And one punch up. It just Weird, feels, it, it feels that's, CW isn't that, level rushed. Isn't that what this season amounts to, though? A lot of things that feel like they're just pulling elements out of their ass in order to move the story forward rather than making decisions that yeah. are logical and consistent with the characters that we've known for the last two seasons. I think if we go back to your statement a couple, a couple episodes ago, Mike, where you said this is a flesh out season. This is a season where they, like, like you said, Thomas, it's a stall point. We're stalled. We're trying to get holding to the, pattern, we're yeah. a holding pattern. We're trying to get to, to something bigger. So I use season three of Supernatural as an, an analogy example, yeah. or an yeah. example of what they're trying to do this season. But even that never had, there were characters that were put into holding patterns, but there weren't things that were pulled out of the assholes, <laughs> of, you know, just uh, things that would help or cheat yeah. your way to the end of the season. This season, yes, is modeled after a bridge type season, but there's a lot of just bad writing decisions and bad habits that yeah. are starting to rear its head. And if they do not get it under control by season five, we're going to have a complete fucking mess of a show. So I what's will... going to happen is we're going to have the Walking Dead level oh. departure of quality. Yikes. Don't put that out there. Jesus. But that's what's going to happen. It's, it's very possible. I will say the only thing that I feel like I do, I do feel one of the good things that a lot of people might be overlooking at the time, because I'm not saying this didn't have inconsistent problems. We've been over some of that. Yeah. There's still more to talk about. But one thing that I do feel like this did well is that there, I feel like either the writers intentionally, probably not, but in, it feels like a deliberate bait and switch with the very end of this episode. We were so, we and the boys together as an audience, we're so wrapped up in Soldier Boy's a threat. We got to stop Homelander, Soldier Boy and Homelander, interpersonal conflict. They're, Huey and Butcher are doing drugs in the back, you know, passing out in the green room. And all this personal shit is drawn up to the surface that we get angry about and we choose sides and we fight. And the real story, meanwhile, is how Newman is now in vice president position. And what the fuck is Edgar doing? Because that feels very much like a plan of his since he's been trying to play Robert Singer for years in the show. And Newman is deliberately now in a position of power. It almost feels like this whole season and all of the shit going on is the surface level distraction for setting up the real threat. A bridge bridge season. We talked about that. Correct. And I think you're right to that point because now Newman and Edgar make more sense as the real plan and the real power is not being a soup, but being the 
being politician, in being in charge of the world. This is what we've said since last season. We said that the real power isn't the commercialization of superheroes, but the pharmaceutical aspect yeah. of the business and infiltrating the government, which has been Edgar's plan since day one. And that strengthens our thoughts as well as the one you were just making your point that Newman and Edgar are probably still working together when Newman, or I should say Edgar had that conversation with Robert Singer at the beginning of the season. And Robert Singer is, or essentially said, Hey, listen, you can't put the, the, you the genie back in the bottle. You, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Like it's out. Everyone knows the bad PR surrounding Vought. We're not putting superheroes into the military. So at that moment, it feels like Edgar switched tactics. Correct. And allowed himself to be removed from the equation. Out and, of the limelight. And pushed Newman into the position of power, which is essentially now she's going to be the vice president of the United States of America, which is going to make it very easy for them to do whatever well, they want to do when it comes right. to the pharmaceutical well, aspect. Well, what's going to happen is she's going to head pop singer and become the president. He's going to become the president. Absolutely. Singer is going to get head popped as a result of this. I even have, I literally have that in my notes. Uh, is, is Senator Singer going to get head popped next? Because that feels like the major threat. And I will say the one thing that I feel like they did a kind of good job here is very much like a cultural uh, examination. We're all so pissed off at each other in the streets about home stand with Homelander, like gun God and Homelander versus believe Starlight. We're fighting in the streets about this shit. Meanwhile, the real nefarious shit going on in the background is the stuff that we're deliberately not or, or been distracted from and not paying attention to. And in a way, the audience and the boys were played by Newman Sounds making like this world. whole thing a fucking problem. Yeah. Maybe this is part of the reason Edgar let Russia take Soldier Boy in the first place. Maybe this is part of the reason he's not afraid of Homelander. He's got other shit up his sleeve. And I have to think that that will come back into play. If, if Kripke is truly still like the showrunner and this show hasn't doesn't take a Walking Dead route... I have to think that we can look back and say this is when we were baited and switched with a very interpersonal conflict. And meanwhile, just like in America, the real nefarious shit happened behind the scenes. Yep. We were distracted. Yeah, because that would be a good Absolutely. examination of how our actual political social culture works. We're literally dealing with it on a daily basis. And perhaps that'll also justify or soften some of the criticism, the more hyperbolic political inclusions like for example the mm -hmm. ending and we understand politically right now we're in very heightened political times yeah. and there are people who refuse to see the obvious in front of them that was the point of the ending with yeah. homelander Oof. killing someone and yet people are like still applauding because they don't they're going to continue to see whatever they well, at want. the same time they, i think they're both. they drank the kool-aid they yeah. believe in in this political leadership and I understand the analogy or the metaphor. They're talking obviously about the Trumpers, right? Right. In that scenario, yes. I, I get it. But also at the same time, I feel like they need to pull back a little bit from that because sure, certainly there's always personal accountability. They should always be um, put out there, meaning everyone is responsible for their actions. But also I feel like they're missing the boat on true political commentary. Rather than insulting Americans in this country who are being brainwashed by politicians and the media, they're putting all the responsibility on the yahoos themselves. And certainly you can say, well, there's got to be some type of critical thought coming from that aspect from those uh, far right or even say far left political torch holders. I think right. either side, if it was somebody getting murdered on the opposing side in America these days, I think either side would have fucking yeah, cheered. I just frankly. feel like they're trying to malign people in this country more this season than mm -hmm. the actual politicians and the people who are doing the brainwashing that that was my i that's my only problem politically this season because i understand there's a bunch of jackasses out there yeah who refuse to use critical thinking but but at the end of the day who is ultimately responsible for that line of thinking right it's the pol politicians who put out that rhetoric and for the writers of the show to continue to just malign a specific group of people rather than the politicians, politicians. themselves, I, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that train of thought. Now, if they take the season next year, like you're talking about, and truly showing 
the insidious yeah. nature of politics and how it can be infiltrated because of what's happening with Newman and Edgar. And ultimately, in retrospect, what they're doing this season will, will work. work. Yeah. In more than one way, politically, narratively. And I think that I think you're right. I think that's the bigger problem is that I think anybody Th- who Does that makes sense what I'm saying. I, yes. I think anybody who is not out there in the streets with a sign, regardless of the side, kind of knows we're always being played to riled up to fight each other when the real bad shit is never getting changed yep. or moved forward or they're doing it deliberately. They cause a shit store, cause a fire over here so you can rob the bank in the meantime sort of thing. And the smarter way to do that would be leaning on Newman and Edgar manipulating politics. Yeah. Homelander's nothing but a tool to rile up the crowd. Kind of what Stormfront did in season two. But just going into and leaning into the easier low, as I say a lot, low-hanging fruit yeah. of, well, we can just make it everyone's a crazy Homelander fan in this category. And they just are brainwashed because of how they think rather than the people doing the actions and manipulating things behind the scenes. That feels like the easier, safer, kind of more basic route. So okay. it has to go deeper and be more deliberate. Yeah. With the following seasons, if this is the way they want to take that. There's Otherwise, no, I think it will fall a little flat. You're not going to hear an argument from me when it comes to the obvious clueless nature of many oh, people yeah. on both the left and the right. So I'm yeah. not arguing that. Yeah. I'm simply arguing we need to also see the true puppeteers. These people who are clueless are being manipulated, and that should be brought out more than simply, simply continuing yes. to malign a group of in the pol- in the population that believes something because the people we are told to believe leaders and the media are saying the very things that we choose to accept look at season 3 or season 6 of supernatural season 7 of supernatural it, this it might be a flimsy comparison but bear with me on this it's probably better than love and thunder <laughs> Pseudo review hidden woven into this episode within the subtext of season seven of supernatural. Yeah. There was a political message. Yes. It was about genetically modified foods and the whole conspiracy surrounding that and how it transforms and changes people as we consume it. It taps into a very um, popular conspiracy theory that was very relevant at that time mm-hmm. when season seven was produced and written. Now, did that show that season? Blame the people consuming the, the genetically modified foods? No. Or did they blame the people that were pushing the genetically modified foods out to the population? Regardless of what the effects. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. I think that's the biggest thing. Because everyone knows somebody who would be that jackass who's like, yeah, fucking kill it. Like, we all know someone like that. The fact of the matter is... We, the fact of the matter is we should be horrified that our people can people in general can be manipulated to that level yeah. out of a selfish desire for power. Yep. Homelander is a is a is a pawn. Well, the people are pawns. Homelander's your your rook, your castle on the side. Yeah. He's a powerful piece, but the king is making the decision still behind yeah. the scenes, and that's the problem. And that's what I feel like season 1 and even 2 really had going for it. Like I said, how do you fight something that can't be killed with this big faceless corporation that you can't just take out? How do you combat misinformation in an age in which people can have entire op-ed pieces done before you've even gotten a single fact disinformation got out there and proven. And by the time you have, nobody cares stories. That's one of the greatest things that game of Thrones did on a more subtle level beyond, you know, white walkers and, and titties was that everybody believed <laughs> you say titties. Okay. Everybody believed Ned was a traitor. Regardless of the truth, when you have, it's in the books and it's in the show. He was, I'm team Lannister. (laughs) Every single person thought they caught the traitor who was trying to usurp the king and Ned was a monster. The misinformation or by the time reality and catches up to this narrative, it's too late. That is a more bigger problem. And I feel like if we really delve into that, this can be a great vehicle of a show to talk about that issue. But again, if you just lean into, well, everyone who thinks X is wrong, 
That's that's a surface level. Yeah. Well, it's like people's complaint with, with Eminem a few years back, where Eminem has always been political. This is an argument I had. Eminem has always been political since always. day one. He bashed political. Um, he created political debate. Uh, bashed certain political leaders that did things that mm -hmm. were obviously wrong. But then what he did two years ago or three years ago was he attacked his very audience that voted for Donald Trump. He attacked them. Mm -hmm. You should attack Donald Trump and the politics he uses to control and convince these people. Unfortunately, we are all victims to the people in power. Every one of us. We're all Unfortunately, exposed to an information designed to mislead. So what enjoyment does a writer that delves into political satire, do they get from continuing to malign the easiest to malign the people that are victims? Again, not justifying people's lack of, uh, of uh, critical thought. But you got to There's you a bigger gotta, issue. You, there are bigger issues. And that's what first season and second season both did so well. It was attacking the. Bigger. Everyone loved Stormfront and they didn't know she was a Nazi in the beginning. Yeah. And then they reveal that. And now it's just Nazi symbols and pro Stormfront mm. Proud Boys kind of thing. Yeah. That's that's a weaker it's, it's easy. story. It's too easy. It's low hanging fruit. They're not oh. actually delving into the complicated nature of what it means to be psychologically controlled yep. by the people in power. That would be a far more interesting and realistic depiction that actually does fragment the reality where we're in <laughs> and refract a, a certain type of realness that is actually happening. Yeah. And we didn't go for that. No, we went for the easy strokes. And Hopefully that they, there's, this is a step towards something greater, but if you're, if you're right, though, if they don't do it, this is going to be Walking Dead again. God, I don't want that, dude. Yeah. I, I really don't. And, and the thing is, like, there's some signs. We already talked about Black Noir and how that should have been set up eons ago rather than just, and eh, he's dead. Who cares? That felt like such a fucking waste. But at least, you know, so, there was at least a little bit of movement with at least one other character, and that was Queen Maeve. After three years of harumphing around... And then, and one cool fight with Stormfront, we finally see her do something. Can someone tell me how her metal bracelet blocks laser fire? Here's what I don't it's get. It's a dude. fucking prop. It is. I don't get do, it. Do we have Wakanda it's, or do we have Tony Stark well, no, that makes these yeah, weapons? We have, to we have to have something because Soldier Boy's shield could block it too. And presumably that was given to him by Vought. I'm just starting to get annoyed with the illogical elements they're adding without any explanation. Well, well, so that's the thing, dude. So, okay. Because as far as I know, there isn't a metal on this planet that can block. Look, dude, you clearly aren't from that planet. Unobtainium? So duh. And I know we're in a highly fictionalized world, but as I said last episode, we're still, for the most part, tied down to a reality that's essentially ours. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that doesn't make sense. Is Soldier Boy's shield truly made of something that can withstand? Even Butcher, you know, burned through it at a certain point. Right. But he clearly had a shield that could block it. So are her bracelets made of the same thing? If that's the case, was the sword? Is the sword a prop? Well, clearly Black Noir's wasn't going to do anything, according to Homelander. You sharpen it in a thousand times. It yeah. won't do dick. Okay, so I'm really confused then as to how this whole thing. Wh I'm, I'm where does the power dude, level lie? I'm telling you, man. They, it's, what's it called when you you're packing the wagon up and you're getting ready to hit the trail and you don't pack it very well and things start falling out the back of the wagon? That's what's yeah, happening. Yeah. All the stuff you threw in that wagon are now falling out the back and you're not even stopping to catch it. Exactly. But the other thing that doesn't really make sense is this whole time Maeve has been like terrified of Homelander. Like I can't fight him myself. We need a force of 47,000 heroes to take on one Homelander. And then in this, she's equivalent to Wonder Woman fighting Superman. She can actually cause him to bleed and yeah. does damage and can take a punch. Right. I mean, we, so I, which is it? I always assume. So that now she, she can actually defeat and so fight. What, you can I actually fight. It, now? She never beat him. That's the thing. I, well, I always assume. Story. I always assume that she could fight him. But he was, she was here, and he was here, and, maybe and it, mentally it, as well, if, psychologically. And, and eventually, she's gonna lose. 
Yeah. And, and that's like, and look, that's fine. But the way it was portrayed was that she had no chance in hell. She was so terrified to go against him. And if you want to say because he can fly and, and his laser eyes, because of sure. Dick. But that's when I thought the bracers couldn't block the fucking laser eyes. And that's when I thought the sword and her training was a prop because he's never fought. He's never had to. So if she actually trained and he's a 10 and she's an eight or a seven. Yeah. Well, if she's trained, Hard maybe there's a fucking chance. Talent. Exactly. So are we leaning into that? There is no. also another thing. And this is why the season's messy, because now there's too many things you can use to explain away things or not explain away things. <laughs> yeah. Because they Our also consistency is falling apart. Yes. Because now they built this idea that Homelander viewed the original seven, except for deep and a train as a family, the family he never had. Right. And that justifies why he didn't want to kill Maeve. Right. It also justified why he didn't really want to kill her when she started fighting him. So it does logically work when he looks at her and says, now's not the time. And he didn't really, there was not a lot of effort being put into his Correct. fight. He didn't really want to fight her. So that was one thing that also kryptonited him essentially to where maybe right. can do some damage. But again, I did like that. how was that justified? That was justified by bringing up a new story element that you pulled out of your ass in the very same episode that he viewed them as a family, which was never stated, never alluded to beforehand. Well, especially in fact, when he threatens in the to other like, seasons, it feels like he despises all of them. Yeah, he threatens to like rip A Train's nuts off like every single time he sees him. And then he's a fat piece of shit, the disappointment. Like, you think the deep is like human garbage. So are, do you, are they a family to you or not? Yeah. It's, What's happening? Yeah. So they create these these ideas so they can justify certain things. And they're just logically, they just don't work. And we see the same thing with Kamiko. So you have this yeah. entire season designed around not becoming a monster. Right. And Kamiko doesn't want to have her powers because she doesn't want to kill. She doesn't want to be a monster. Then... The penultimate episode comes along and she decides that she does want her power now because it's, hers it's now. her idea. It's She's consensual. The one that did it. So now that she has power, she goes and brutally murders essentially innocent security guards at Vought. Are and they innocent? They I, work for I will, I'll say innocent because if you're going to save all the other people in suits, when, when you have Starlight and Huey, Proclaiming that we must save the more than 2,000 people true. that work at Vought. Except these six guys. We must prevent these people from killing, getting killed. We have to save them. We cannot because they have to justify why they're all going to stop Soldier Boy. Because Soldier Boy is going to go in there like a loose cannon and end up killing people by accident. So they can't allow that to happen. Should have just so blown up the they're creating scenarios that are inconsistent to justify the, the, the ends. This is why you're having all these illogical inconsistencies, because then you have Kamiko, who suddenly doesn't care about being a monster because she doesn't just kill people to stop them. She turns on a playlist yeah. and enjoys the bloodshed. Dude, fucking Wolverine has shown more restraint. People with a simple slash or tries to stop them. She brutally massacres the security guards. What happened to not wanting to be a monster and the need to save the 2000 plus people in Vought who are not. It supers. doesn't make sense. Like I said, Wolverine has shown more restraint in his fucking films than she did in this moment. And it's really hard to think that you went from I traumatized children. I'm a monster, you know, screaming line from arrested development, enjoying the to, bloodshed to just like coming as you're beating the shit out of some soldier who probably has a family. You know, but fuck them, right? Yeah. And why would we not have her be the hero while trying to, I don't know, uh, not humanely defend Frenchie or snap guns and knock people out? Because maybe for one fucking nanosecond, someone with superpowers in this goddamn hunting universe cannot be a monster murderer. Am I the Is only murder one? Is that fucking great thing? Is everyone really on this planet just waiting for the Hunger Games or Walking Dead setup? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not more looking for the purge, but whatever. The purge, there I, we go. I Is that all of us? The all, Yes, I. there's a lot of people that... She, like she's, list. That's the thing. She is way too into it. They didn't put any restraint into her fight. There was no. Th and Dude. if you're going to do all of that. The reason why they did that. Is because they don't know what the fuck they're doing in this episode or even this whole season because everything's on a whim. Yeah. How do we justify 
how we're going to do this. Well, let's have this character say and do this. Okay, but what does that mean for what we did before? Don't worry about it because we need to justify this 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 future uh, story aspect. Okay, so we'll have them do this. But now we need to justify this story aspect. Okay, well, then we'll have them do this. But that doesn't really make sense with what they we've been working towards all season and maybe in some regard the first two seasons altogether of this show. Right. There is no plan any longer. That's what this season feels like. feels like. And per episode, it feels like they're also being given assignments without knowing the overall character arcs or characterizations of these, of each of these characters. And that's, and that's well, why I'm saying it doesn't feel like Kripke in, in a lot of no, respects. No, it doesn't. Or he's, he's never or written he's this lazy asleep before. asleep at the wheel, maybe, because he's I still. He's counting his money now. I he still don't even. made it, and he's just like. <laughs> maybe. I'm counting dollars. I mean, you blame him. I still don't remember clearly the distinction between the first three episodes. Yeah. But I know the last two to three because shit finally fucking moves forward. Was I the only one that when Maeve grabs the neurotoxin, the world's most deadly deadly, and chucks it out the window was like, well, wonder where that landed and killed somebody. Okay. Well, I think it has to be a gas, right? Yeah. But well, it hits the ground. It's a liquid. It's not going to turn in the gas. It might fucking, I don't know, dude. It's neurotoxic. Because I saw a lot of people complain about that. I'm like, it's a liquid, though. It's not like it's like acid and it's just going to bean somebody in the face and they're going to turn into Two-Face, you know? I, it, you'd have I, to breathe in the chemical fumes unless it fell into a fire. What if he? What if he, uh, she threw it and it landed on the sprayer and it sprayed and shot out and fucking... <laughs> I think I the saying, chance of someone getting hit with it is greater than well, someone probably. releasing a neurotoxin like, that's in liquid that form. right out the window, dude. Yeah, it's... To well, me, because I thought about that too, but to me, that is a, a very small element that mm-hmm. represents larger problems. There's just a lot of illogic. They have thrown out logic well, like, in order to create a show that privileges gore yeah. and perversion over actual narrative. And that's a show that I don't want to watch. I love perversion. the thing is like Queen Maeve is such a mix on this because she's such a doesn't give a fuck asshole for so long. And then she has the, the redemption moment. But. Like you said, they're playing fast and loose with the rules because if she's depowered, how does she survive the fall? Yeah, now, I will there's say, no logic. I will You're say, exactly I don't think right. She loses she, her power, and but survives. for some reason, she survives the fall. Soldier well, she, Boy she, living, she, sure. Yes, she, that makes sense. He, he doesn't. It doesn't affect him. She she lost her powers as she hit the ground. The thing that I am okay with, because some it. people, I will say, it's not necessarily that she had to <laughs> Listen, die. At this point, I would be okay with that. If they paused on her as she's falling, so at least I'm going to lose my power right when I hit the ground. <laughs> or, 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 or had or, she landed and was fine, and then you see her like wound. No, or uh, she did like a, a born identity thing where she grabs on to Soldier Boy and yeah, they hit the ground. Yeah. yeah, she used him as, as a shield. It may sound like we're starting to nitpick, but this is what I always say, and David is the one that uses this, this verbiage, and I wholeheartedly subscribe to his line of thinking. Okay. When something happens in a show, typically you just shrug and say, okay, if it's a well-written show, because not everything's perfect. Right. right. But he uses the phrase cut by a thousand. Death by a thousand cuts. Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. When you have so much happening, that's just inconsistent. You start nitpicking all of it because it's your mistake for fucking up so bad that people are now going to look at every little mistake you make. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did with this season. Now I will say before we get back to soldier boy, I will say the queen Maeve thing. Some people wanted her to die. And while I understand that and that it was fine, I didn't necessarily have a problem with her living. She didn't I need to die. She didn't need to die. And I think walking dead and game of Thrones have given us this bad opinion that in order for a character to leave a show, they must die. I agree. And that's not necessarily the case. People can just walk away from things. People can have their story complete. As long as the ending feels feels like an ending. And And this feels like a good ending. She had her fight with Homelander. She got her freedom. She doesn't want to be a hero, but she finally did something heroic to save everyone. And essentially Queen Maeve is dead. It's just, I don't even remember her real fucking name at this point. Doesn't matter. It's just the human part Hottie of her McCotterson. now Hottie who's lesbian. going to have Hottie her, scissor I will sister. laugh that the, I did laugh that the TV was like, she was a proud lesbian. I'm like, you fuckers. Like, that's exactly what the fucking <laughs> yeah. media. I started laughing too. I was so, God damn it. Anyway, I'm, you, you don't need a character to die for them to be done. So I'm okay with her not dying because you don't need to always be, you know, walking dead, violent gore and death for something to be complete. But at least make it make fucking sense because that did bring a whole bunch of questions 
like, uh, okay, we're just going to play fast and loose with the rules again, I guess. The, the Maeve stuff was fine. Yeah. Soldier Boy being back on ice, I don't know. I was kind of underwhelmed because he seems like this, that is the very much the holding pattern. Is he going to show back up in season four or five? He kind of has to, the right? The reason why it doesn't settle or sit well with me is because, as I said at the top of this discussion, mm-hmm. he's probably... Honestly, the most moral of all the characters. Possibly. When you really break it down, he has a morality. A it code. may not be the best morality, mean it's a good thing. but he does have a sense of morality. The rest of the characters, except maybe Starlight, they don't really have a morality. Huey's yeah. morality is whatever Starlight tells him. Well, it used to not be. <laughs> so you take a character who is probably the most moral of all these characters, who has a code, who didn't want to kill his son, who actually regretted that he missed out on all this so he could have made him better. Mm -hmm. And he's the one that has the worst fate. He gets put back into his prison. Yeah. He'd rather die than go back in that prison. How is that? I'm not saying that's not a bad, that's not a bad, I'm not saying that's a bad ending. It is very Shakespearean, but it's, it's sad when everyone else has really blah wet blanket type of conclusions there's a lot of things i didn't understand about that one homelander's clearly the fucking psychopath stronger force real villain why are we fighting ryan will be fine he's a superhero he got hit in the head he'll be fine first of all second of all i am the the entire because there's one thing that really bothered me and i'm gonna this probably be bad for some people but Uh mm calls him a racist at the end when he puts the mask on he's like you fucking you're just another fucking racist when did this happen when has he ever been a racist i I got annoyed by that too he killed mm's family true by throwing a fucking vehicle through a house he didn't give a shit about or know who was in it that's 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 death by that's uh what's what's it called Collateral damage. Yeah. That's not, I went out like fucking Liberty slash Stormfront and murdered someone because I view them as less than me. Storm, Soldier Boy has killed people who betrayed him and PTSD induced moments from Herogasm and that building. There was not a single racist character moment. And if you say him beating up Black Noir, that's clearly because either A, I still don't 100% trust a brain damaged person's recollection of things from a fucking cartoon. Or B, he's just a kind of asshole. That's the only person we have any sort of word that he did anything different. And I'll add this to it. He didn't even come off as a bigot at all. If you no, remember, this no. is why the show's inconsistent. When he first was walking the streets and he saw two men holding hands, he looked at him, shrugged like, mm, now right, it wasn't that's like, different. oh, this he is kinda, disgusting. He kind of had like, he had like a kind of confused face and then he kind of just like, he whatever. Was acceptance. He was yeah. like, it was casual acceptance. A bigot doesn't have casual acceptance. They would have said something. He was like, that's the thing now. All right, whatever. But and he also, moved on with his day. The, but, Everything uh, feels but, inconsistent. Yeah, but I will have to get, go a caveat there. He's the one that fucking invented herogasm. So being around that has probably been around. So for him oh, to ex- okay. yeah. for him to accept that is one thing, but for him to be a racist and bigotry is two different. But did we things. see him do anything racist? No, no. And, and no. But I'm just saying, I'm not. He doesn't even say shit to MM. No. He doesn't go out of his way to hit him. He doesn't fight him. He doesn't do shit to him. So, so as, that as, felt like just again the low hanging fruit of well, this will make it easier to well, he's villainize. He's white, black, so this he's got to be racist. It makes it easier to villainize the character who they did a complete kind of bait and switch to make him the threat in the final moment. And Mim was a bitch this season. I I, agree. I, I <laughs> hated him. He didn't make sense. When did he forget the rules of the game? Motherfucker, you work for the CIA. Well, you yeah. You're the- supposed to assassinate superheroes. Yeah. That is your agenda that is your job and now suddenly you don't like doing it well it just feels weird can i ask you a question when uh, the one that really bugged me was a train and his brother and his brother oh i loved that scene flipping out because he killed blue hawk I'm like, I thought that was good. I, I didn't because, like, dude, if, if Blue Hawk put me in a wheelchair, that mother, I want you but, to bury But it. that's the thing is his brother's a better person. And that's the point. He wanted oh to see, as he said, he wanted his kids to see that this guy, this quote hero, went to jail, that the law provi- prevails, that the that's right not thing how it works happened. in the boys. And he says it in this episode. He's like, I don't want a fucking murderer in the house with my children. Oh, if he only knew and what he did to the thing, That makes him. A better person. I so I love that. Thing. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I was like, well, you didn't know what I did my girlfriend, brother. Yeah, I popped <laughs> or Robin in episode one. Yeah. 
I loved that bit because that was a strong moment. And finally, like everything's been taken away from A-Train and the quick and easy route of how to solve your problems is not going to work. Yeah, I liked I that. I didn't have a problem with that. I felt like that was good. Although I do understand Ryan's point of view, because if that was me oh, yeah, as I being an it. imperfect human, I'd be like, I'd be like F yeah. that guy. He I took yeah, my legs. I totally understand because I'd be in the same boat, but that's why he's a better person. But I understand the social statement. Yes. Yeah. That is now, the point. Mo- he's supposed to be better than his brother. Yes. One point that bothered me, though, was Star- Starlight going full-blown Super Saiyan, and then <clears throat> she ran out. Of the, <laughs> she's the- like, she's a God mode level. I mean, she's about to evolve. She's going Super Saiyan 3, and then she does Mike a fart. Get those references. She does a fart move at soldier boy and he falls 10 feet well dude like it, i expected a ryan level eye blast to start to Stormfront mm-hmm. or something what the fuck and then she's down for the count immediately after that well they, i mean they talked about it in the thing before he she needs the light for her powers yeah so that's fine why did her power out. do nothing to him uh, because he's at all soldier boy but then why take five okay, minutes staring so hold at on, him hold on her <laughs> hold on thomas okay that's because so i was super excited for that your point makes and then, sense but at the same time, it goes right back to the many other problems. Yeah, yeah. So Starlight, I like that idea as well. But I think what you're trying to say is that they're building up this, this ascension, this moment this of ascension, power, this like power, in up, this level up for her to only do the amount of damage that she had been doing Forever. for the last five minutes. Yeah. The soldier boy. Yeah. It was a blast. He falls down. What we, was the we, fucking we, point? Yeah, because she gives him a super blast and he just falls oh, down. I want to give her a super blast. That's the thing. Like season one at the end when she is powered up and she fights the heroes or the the, the soldiers and saves the boys Dude, and then A-Train's there. Like that was a fuck yeah, let's do this moment. There's a lot of, there's a lot of. And this is just a fart There's a wind. lot of, it's how I explain the finale for Fett. There's a lot of, mm. I'm a kid in a sandbox playing with my toys all right, then the guy comes in. He's got super, super power, but I have a super, super, super power that can out defeat your super <laughs> it's my power. everything proof shield. And then I'm going to do this. Oh, you're just going to fall down, but you're not going to die because you have super, super power. But then here comes another character. I have super, super power too. I'm going to kick him. No, I got up because I had an invi- uh, invisibility uh, potion. Beat up your dad. There is no rhyme or reason behind many of the things that we're doing during the yeah. fight scenes. And I can't remember if I mentioned this during the pre-show or off air or at the beginning of this show. I cannot remember. So forgive me if I repeat myself, but the biggest what the fuck moment was when soldier boy was trying to depower Homelander, yeah. which was the entire point of the entire fucking show. And you stop him because the kid is there. Ryan is there, mm-hmm. right? Is that his name? Yeah. Yes. The little boy's there. Okay. So what's the worst is going to happen. They're both going to lose their power. Why would you stop them from doing that just because Ryan is there? It may have killed Ryan. That's the only thing that I could see the logic because the blast killed some heroes at Herogasm. It depowered Kimiko. It put a, build, a hole in a building. It's inconsistent. It's, yeah, and yeah. That's, that was kind of my headcanon on it was like if okay, he gets hit fair. with the full beam, he might die. And that was the one moment in which Homelander's being a better parent to Ryan than he promised Becca he'd be. Yep. So it's kind of a wake up call moment that I saw and I was okay with that. I get yeah. that you're like, oh, he'll be fine. Yeah, you kind of don't know that. I feel like Soldier Boy's power of being a bomb is literally like a bomb. Some people, shockingly, will survive. Others will be maimed. Yeah. Others will be completely annihilated. Okay, that's There's fair. it's a gray scale of just woo, yeah. who knows what'll happen. But the last thing I'd say before we get into our final thoughts is probably Butcher as a character. I liked him knocking out Huey. That was consistent. Taking the drugs one last time was consistent. Yep. I did. Lo- I know some people have a problem with him defending for Ryan because he didn't give a shit about Ryan earlier. But clearly he was going through some shit yeah, but and that, is still but going through some never, shit. He disliked that, Ryan. No, that was, exactly. he, was, he was putting him at arm's length to keep him safe. Exactly. And, it, it's and classic, also because he, he hates himself. Right. Exactly. It's the classic yeah. age old, I put you at arm's bay and make you hate me because I'm protecting you. You don't understand and, it because I'm the parent here. Yes. I'm a horrible person, yes. and the you best don't thing need to be for you me. is to be away from me. So, yeah. yes, that you're— And yes. sadly, in a Shakespearean tragic twist, just like when he left Lonnie, by doing that to Ryan, thinking this he will make you safer, Ryan away he pushes farther. him right into Homelander's arms. Right into the arms of the person he doesn't Which is want the him. worst thing he could have done. Yep. Now, him getting a death sentence seems fitting. He won't die. 
either he won't die or he'll have to take the drugs to survive or he might die because that could be a fitting end for his character. I think Butchers is so tormented individual that he does not have a happy ending. Supernatural season three. Dean was going. Oh, out. you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Oh, dude. Maybe we're just maybe Kripke. So here, watch this season of my old show and just do whatever He's you guys want. I got to go work on this. I got to do other shit. Uh, so here's watch season three. It's kind of oh, what wow. I want to do with it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dude. fuck, dude. You might be right. I guess, you know, what we're going to find out is that Angie Dab actually uh, wrote this. Season. Stop it. <laughs> Oh God! All right, final thoughts on this. It's been a long kind of meandering discussion, but I think it was still a more honest discussion, and I like having that from time to time. So, Ryan, final thoughts on? We're we're just not more more unfiltered. Look, as much raw dogging it this time. Yeah, as much as we we didn't like this, I'm still going to give this an eighty. Okay, and I and I mean that, and and for us. We we nitpicked this pretty hard. Yeah. Have we ever give Kripke anything in the eighty range? Yeah, earlier this season. I'm, the only Have, reason I'm going to give this an eighty is, is basically all the stuff we talked about. It's still better than some shit that's been on TV ever. Like it's still <laughs> fucking better. And I think the reason that we're so hard on this is because it is Kripke. And I think in my head canon, I I think he was probably busy. And he was not as hands-on this season as he has been the first and second season. And I think that is why this one kind of floundered a little bit. Um, I think this, I, I think Butcher was uh, Carl Urban, still Carl Urban. He's, he's great. He, he, his character fit soldier boy, probably the best part of the whole season. I mean, Jensen is, I, I'm going to say this and I'm going to piss off so many super, he is the better actor out of uh, him yeah. and Jared. He oh, is, without a doubt, without, he is. A, without a doubt, he is the better actor. He is more versed. He was so good in this that role. Speech about his dad, dude, and like almost tearing up, but not letting the tear drop down his face, so and then good. bringing it back to like, holy fuck, dude! So what about that scene right before he has to kill Homelander, dude? That uh, his face um, says I'm it saying. all. I'm it's saying, dude, so yeah. good. It's so, so fucking good. I, I, I probably could have justified even going lower, but I just think that the show is, is still some of the best show that we've show that's on TV. Mm-hmm. I just think it lost its way this season because it isn't a holding pattern and maybe Kripke didn't have his hands on it that much. And there was just some mind boggling decisions that just didn't make any sense with certain things and with certain characters. And, and like Mike said, in certain things that go on. So I'm going to give it an 80. I don't know where you guys are going with it, but that's where I'm at. I, I still technically enjoyed it. Yeah. But it wasn't, wasn't what it, it wasn't. Been. Yeah, exactly. Or had been previously. Exactly. Uh, Mike, what about you? Final thoughts you can do on this episode. And also, I guess like just season three. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. A part of me wants to say the same thing Ryan says, said and say, I enjoyed it. I, I don't think I enjoyed it. If okay. I'm aggravated while watching something, is that the definition of enjoyment? Not really. This season had me pulling my hair out from, from the very first episode. From the very first episode. Now that doesn't take away from the great moments of the season because the season for the most part is a competent show. It is a competent show more than other shows that are popular nowadays, but that doesn't justify the complete lack of attention to detail. And one thing I say on every show, if a show I watch or review Start to go down this path. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I won't ever forgive. It's lack of logic. If you decide to break logic so that you can move your story forward and you break characterizations, fuck off with your show. <laughs> that is the one thing I don't yeah. forgive. So I'm going to give this episode a 79%. And honestly, retrospectively, I probably would go back now that we know what the story is and probably bring all of my scores down by at least five or 6%. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and, and it's sad because I, Anthony Starr, Carl Urban, and Jensen Ackles owned this season. Yeah. Agreed. Their stories were fucking great. Unfortunately, all the it amounts the, to the, nothing, the background and the static, it was a circular narrative. Nothing really happened, but I guess 
and this is why I feel comp- I, I feel a little conflicted because what dictates a proper show? The way I learned growing up and writing and going to college is this is not how you write a TV show. But right. does that mean there's not room to be innovative and change things? Oh, of course not. Because what they did essentially is they did forego actual narrative and almost made vin- character vignettes. They highlighted heightened emotional character elements. And that was essentially what this season amounted to. Highly emotional character vignettes. Yeah. That were loosely pieced together by an incoherent narrative. Is that good writing? I don't know. I mean, to me, the, the, to me, it's not. So it's like, everyone, that's all I can say. Everyone agrees that making a submarine out of metal is the best way to do it. But one fucker is like, what if we made one out of bread? <laughs> like you can do that. I <laughs> suppose. But I feel like that's extra work to do something worse than the original result was intended. Um, for me, this one is definitely conflicting because I enjoyed watching the episode. I'll yeah. admit, I enjoyed watching it. The fight scene was fun. Yeah. Although there was like Starlight's fart power and Queen Maeve's survival of the convenient and, and a bunch of other things didn't really make sense. I still enjoyed watching it, but as I look at everything and where we ended up, while I do think that this could be a really great launching point for season four with the bait and switch mm-hmm. as the whole season narrative of you get caught up in soldier boy versus Homelander and saving people and riots in the street. But the real shit is what's happening behind the scenes that you're not even fucking paying attention to. I love that. That could be great. Could. And I've said that on this show and I've said this on supernatural a fuck ton and it all, it doesn't matter if they can't stick the landing as have as many twirls as you do in the air. If you can't stick the landing, you're still going to hemorrhage and break every bone on your body on the way down. So I feel like I enjoyed this episode, but overall season three feels like a mess. And I agree with both you guys. I think Jensen and, and Anthony Starr and Carl Urban did fantastic, but the rest of it feels kind of muddied. It's hard to hate something uh, yeah. when it has such great acting yeah. and it reminds me of that movie I've talked about before with uh, Daniel Day Lewis There Will Be Blood yeah. oh yeah that movie is dog shit <laughs> the, the writing is awful but the acting saves the entire fucking movie yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't know I think I'm gonna go with a 79 on this one as well because I can't really give it the 80 plus if I've been giving some of the other episodes mid 80s yeah. before I though I would say I'd give the entire season three like a seventy five because a that's, lot of it is just not saying. working. Yeah. If some parts are that's, great, that's, well, that's, that's that's like in our rating system, that's like a, a a B plus. That's pretty high still for our rating system, but I can't in good consciousness give it into the eighties for we the whole give thing. Give it a sixty nine. Oh, mm. because episode one was an average as a group for a, about eighty five percent. Mm-hmm. Episode two was on average about an 85%. Episode three was about 85%. Episode four was 90% on average. Episode five was probably a 91, 92% on average. Episode six was about a 97% on average. And episode seven was about a 92% on average. But as I said, if I were to go back now that I know that this was the story and yeah. a lot of it didn't really work the puzzle pieces didn't really quite fit. I'd probably go back and drop each of my scores down by five or 6%. Yeah. So that would probably take us to a eighties. Yeah. Seventies. Low eighties. Yeah. So I don't know. I, a bit of a mess. Like you said, Ryan, still better than a lot of things out there, but it's, it's very much on a precipice of either becoming something great again mm-hmm. with, I hate that phrase, right? <laughs> I mean, you can't imagine like Kripke knowing, knowing what like we him, know about man. Kripke. He's got a, he had to have gone back and watched the season now that it's complete. And he's like, yeah, there's some issues. There's he problems. Or there's it's no- not him. Like, or he doesn't, or he doesn't care anymore. Let's say it's not him. Let's say he was busy doing other things. Like yeah. he was checking scripts and, but he wasn't involved with the day to day because he's working on other things. Okay. So be it. But he still can go back and realize, Oh, there were some there's mistakes. Problems here, yeah. Look, 
That guy's stacking cash. He don't give a fuck. <laughs> I truly he's hope phoning that's not the it case. In. I hope he's not one of those guys. I he's hope phoning not. it in, dude. He's like, whatever. These motherfuckers will well, watch it. Season four is is apparently filming right now. Going to be an important season. It's going to keep gonna be a make on. or break season. I really do feel because this has brought a shitload of people into watching it. Uh, and if you it, guys know you like gore and shit, it, that's what we're going to do. If it doesn't do, this will either that's be my voice. Game of Good Thrones voice. season one through four or Game of Thrones season eight. If it doesn't do things correctly. Look, guys, I, I make shit you like. Are you going to like this? So that's what we're going to do. Is it now? Like Mario? Yeah. He's making pizza on the side? Mario. He's not like Mario to me. It's me, your Mario. <laughs> hey, guys, we don't like it this season. <laughs> I don't know what to You don't you. like my red salsa. That doesn't matter. I'm going to give it to you anyway. What part like, of it? Do you like a violence? Uh, the corner? Because that's what I'm going to give you. Is that a story? Like, what is that You like voice? a red sauce? That's what's coming out of his head. That is the uh, worst no. accent you've ever done. No, absolutely no, go no, back. How is that Kripke? No, no, no. Some Hold bad on. Ones. He's on horrible accents. Yeah. But this is supposed to be Kripke. How did he come up with, with a Italian <laughs> slash Jersey look, shore I just, guy? I just did a voice. Okay. There was no thought process behind it. Clearly. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right. Oh well, God. Jesus. Okay. We got to wrap. That's going to do it here for us on Hang with the Boys. We'll see all of you guys for season four and any other news that comes up about this in between. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you in next season. Hey, Kraut. You should fuck off, Huey.